0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network,
1: your team every day. Coach Horace and I met five years ago, and we were in a pool. Don't ask why. And I remember thinking, I like that guy. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm Zach Blackerby. I know there were shows all day last week, but I feel like I haven't recorded it forever. So a lot of stuff have, has happened and like we kind of feared and, and predicted, some important stuff happened um, since we recorded I guess, Thursday and Friday show ahead of time. So back to normal as far as scheduling and getting more current content. But some of the stuff I'm going to talk about today, a lot of the stuff I'm going to talk about today, we probably would have talked about in Friday's show, but um, we're going to talk about it now. And so we got, a, we got a big injury that we're going to discuss, and then we'll talk about the scrimmage. Jay Ferg had a great outlook on it, so we'll talk about some of the stuff that he said, and then uh, I really just want to look at the depth chart. And then... The last segment will be uh, Lindsey Crosby, our resident Auburn baseball expert. Boy, they are not looking good right now. So, we'll get to the bottom of that. But first thing, we talked about him uh, all week last week. And I think we even talked about how great he was on Friday after this news had come out. But defensive tackle Jeremiah Wright, he has suffered a torn ACL in his left knee. He posted it on his social media last week and it happened at that scrimmage the first scrimmage of the brian harson era that was on thursday and jeremiah wright is a guy that a lot of people myself included and you know we'll hear about it with charlie five tomorrow and charlie tuesday but we were so pumped to see jeremiah wright as a guy that was lining up and rotating in with the starters obviously that was a big deal with so many questions going into the season about the defensive front, Jeremiah Wright was the winner of the first open practice. And you really, really hate it when somebody's got momentum like this a guy that you're not expecting, a guy that hadn't gotten a ton of playing time. And he's got a chance to be a starter next to Truesdale up front. And then this happens. Total bummer. It absolutely stinks. And just everything this guy has gone through coming in as an offensive lineman. Transitioning to the other side of the football, and this happens. So, that stinks. That absolutely stinks. And now you look at it, you got over 330 pounds of man out. And so, you got Truesdale as one of those big defensive linemen that you assume is going to start. But, man, I really like that Jeremiah Wright was, uh, you know, reports were coming out that he was pushing Truesdale. And Truesdale's a guy that I think has a lot of potential, and they've really developed him since he stepped foot at Auburn. But he he took a step back last year. It seemed like he didn't want it last year and got beat off the balls time and time again. And so maybe maybe what Wright did was enough of a wake up call to keep Truesdale kind of motivated. But I uh, I mean I, I think this is a blow uh, to the uh, to the Auburn defensive line. So other than uh, than Truesdale. Now you have Marquise Burks, who I thought we'd see more of last year and didn't. Dre Butler, a guy who I thought we would see more last year and and didn't. Zakevious Walker, a guy that I thought we would see more last year and didn't. And then uh, Lee Hunter, who I think people want on the field as soon as possible. And those are the dudes. That is the competition now. And so you got a nice variety of guys there. I think day one, I would want Dre Butler as Walker, but Lee Hunter is coming and that guy is hungry. That guy is powerful and he's going to fight for this job. And so what's that look like from a rotation standpoint as far as, you know, impacting Tyron Truesdale up front? I don't know. I think it's too early to see, but I think that is something that is um, worth looking at. But thoughts and prayers with Jeremiah Wright. I mean, you know, obviously physically you hope the recovery process goes well, but with something like this, I mean, there's going to be a lot of emotional stuff that goes with it. I mean, surely he was on a high, and I mean, he was having such a great spring, and I hate it for him. And it's like if he would have made it, you know, just another few days, like they're off this week, you know, and if he gets some rest, who knows what happens. So I, I really, really hate that for him. And like I said, they're off this week, so you're not going to hear a whole lot of um, of news or anything like that, hopefully, but you're going to hear... I guess probably a lot of, you know, who's winning so far, who, you know, how does the, how do position battles look so far with Auburn's football program under the Brian Harson era? I think that's kind of where we're gonna be at this week. And that's okay. It's not part of the offseason. Normally there's spring break, but now it's like wellness days and it's only a few days. I'm not I'm not positive exactly on the specifics on that, but um Harson's still giving them the full week off. So they can evaluate film and and get ready for uh for A Day on um on the seventeenth coming up this uh this story got national news and so I, I just wanted to kind of put some uh some light on it but auburn they have suspended their bass fishing team until next year due to uh violations of the covid policy and uh, i think that is interesting this is from auburn undercover keegan ashby assistant director of campus rec competitive sports released a statement on the matter. Auburn is one of the most storied college fishing programs in sports history, according to wired to fishcom They said, quote, no member of the club can travel, recruit, compete, or represent the Auburn University Bass uh, Fishing Club in any capacity. This includes wearing Auburn University Bass Fishing Club uniforms or representing the Auburn University Bass Fishing Club on any social media programs, including but not limited to YouTube, Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook, and Instagram. So, my understanding was a mask thing. They weren't wearing masks as much as they should have been. So, there you go. There you go. Auburn pulling the plug this year on their successful bass fishing program. Today's show brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. betonline BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football may be over, but the NBA is not. Obviously, college basketball is getting down to it. The NHL is happening. Baseball starts on Thursday. So, uh, Bet Online even covers live TV, award shows, reality TV, all the good stuff. They cover everything at betonline.ag. I think you would be shocked at how many things. You can bet on. So they've got you covered with all the news and scores and odds. Head over to betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON when you sign up, L-O-C-K-E-D-O, and LOCKEDON to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts.
1: It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one-selling compact tractor in the U.S.A.,
0: Um, I wanted to go through, there was an open viewing period. I was unable to go. I was out of town, but the, um, I thought it'd be cool to go through the depth chart again. So first team offense, when they lined up, uh, before they took action in the scrimmage, Bo Nix quarterback, tank at running back. The receivers were Elijah Canyon and Kobe Hudson. And then Javarius Johnson is in the slot. I think we've all kind of assumed that Kobe Hudson would be playing in the middle of the field. I think he will be an outside receiver, Primarily, which is fun, exciting. Also, though, when when capers is you know, one hundred percent, what will that look like? I don't I don't know the answer to that. At tight end, you saw Luke Deal and Tyler Fromm, and then at the offensive line, it was the same: left tackle Alec Jackson, left guard Tayshawn Manning at center Nick Brahms. right guard Keandre Jones, and right tackle Broderius Ham. It's gonna be very interesting when Brandon Council comes back. It'll be very very interesting to see if they just plug Council back in at right guard or if they uh. They find somewhere to put them because uh, I've heard Keandre Jones is doing well. Second team offense, quarterback Trey Lindsey, running back Sean Shivers. Then at receivers, you had uh, Kayla Newton, Malcolm Johnson Jr., and then uh, Justin Rice, just a rotation of walk-on players. At tight end, you had J.J. Pegues and Brandon Frazier. So J.J. Pegues with the second team tight ends, worth noting. And then the offensive line, left tackle Austin Troxel, left guard Tate Johnson, center Jaleel Irvin, right guard Cam Stutz, and right tackle Brendan Coffee. I believe that is the same second-team offense. So nothing crazy there. Kind of makes you wonder if they're going to change a whole lot after they evaluate tape this week, and then what we see next week, are they going to change things there? And also, some guys may be coming back at that point. Capers is the main one that comes to mind. And then I guess Grant Loy. Maybe Grant Loy is healthy enough to come back when he's dealing with a hamstring injury, I believe. So surely Trey Lindsay's not the second string quarterback going into the season, right? Right? I don't know. Uh, first team defense. Had a little bit of movement here. Defensive tackles were uh, Colby Wooden and Marquise Burks. Um and Justin has this listed as the two uh two, four, five nickel set. So two defensive linemen and then four. Linebackers with two uh, two of those guys being edge linebackers. So the defensive linemen were Colby Wooden and Marquise Burks. Then your edge players were Derek Hall and Jaron Handy, which Handy, I think Derek Mason really likes Jaron Handy just because he can do more things. And as an edge player, you can pretty much treat him like a linebacker or a defensive lineman, which is very useful in what they're going to be doing. And then uh, their inside guys were Jacoby McClain, Owen Papo. And at corner, same group, Roger McCreary and Jalen Simpson. At inside corner, Nehemiah Pritchett. And then your safeties were Smoke Monday and Ladarius Tennyson. With the exception of defensive tackles and maybe the edge player, because I think T.D. Moultrie was out, I think that's your starting defense. Second team D, your defensive tackles were Dre Butler. And then he, he listed Jeremiah Wright and Walker. Obviously, Wright's going to be out for some time. So Dre Butler and Zakevious Walker. Then your edge players were Caleb Johnson and Romello Height. Love me some Romello Height with T.D. Moultrie being out Thursday. um, Height got to scoot up to be a second teamer. That's fun. Your inside guys, Chandler Wooten and Cam Riley at the linebacker position. And then your corners, Kamal Haddon and Malcolm Ascu. Your inside corner was Devin Geis. And then your safeties, Chris Thompson Jr. and Trey Elston. So interesting things there. Trey Elston is not a name that we've said. I don't think I've ever said that name before in my life. And then Malcolm Askew, being the second-string corner, I think this is just a placeholder until other guys get in. No offense to Malcolm Askew. I just don't see him being a relevant player on this team ever, but he, uh, he loves Auburn, and you got to respect him for that. And the recruiting class, uh, when Malcolm Askew was part of the recruiting class, I mean, he recruited just as much as any of the assistant coaches did. He was all over it. He was a voice He was the voice of that recruiting class, and so I don't think he's going anywhere, but I think he's a good part of the locker room and of that group. I just don't see him playing a whole lot next year. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I have been wrong lots before, but all in all, none of that really surprises me. I think it's good to see some of those guys. Jaron Handy is probably a winner in this situation, but everything else, like Marquise Burks, they're looking at him as a starter now. Okay, cool. And and a lot of the defensive front is going to change based on down and distance and just kind of game plan. If they want to penetrate, if they want to pass rush more on early downs or if they want to stall the run, I think that's going to change a lot based on who they're playing. I think because the guys are different. Like, Dre Butler is a different player than Marquise Burks is. Zekivius Walker is a different player than Marquise Burks is. So that's just kind of my takeaway from the depth chart going into uh, their first scrimmage of all of this. So once again, I think we may be more likely to see some change-ups to some of these guys after this week off. We will have to see. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing Amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. And we are in the middle of Built Bar Madness. Head over to BuiltBar.com to check out today's matchup or go to their social media. They're on Twitter at Bar underscore Built on Twitter. And remember to use the promo code locked 15 L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order that's locked 15 to get 15 percent off your next order that's at builtbar.com and be sure to check to see who wins each and every
1: matchup at builtbar.com this lockdown podcast is brought to you by home chef now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down how are your resolutions coming one of mine was to order less takeout cook more at home but i'll be honest i haven't been consistent that is until i found home chef home chef provides fresh ingredients free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
0: Lindsey Crosby now joining us are uh, our weekly Auburn baseball expert. Lindsay, what now six straight losses to start conference play? Six
2: straight losses to start conference play. It's
0: um, it's not great, Zach. Nope, it's not, it's not. So yeah, Owen six in conference play, eleven eleven on the season. Before we go big picture, I want to do a lot of big picture stuff uh, with our segment this week, Lindsay. But let's uh, let's address the series. Of course, Auburn got swept to Kentucky at home. You and I talked about it on you know the, uh, last week on the pod on this segment, saying that this is certainly a winnable series after coming back from Oxford. And we talked about it pretty much every day during the sports part of Auburn Opalica this morning, and they did not get it done. They lost an extra uh, extra innings, six to eight, on Friday, and then lost both Saturday contests, six to seven and four to six. I mean, give us your breakdown of this series.
2: Yeah, I mean, you you touched on it there. This is a winnable series going in. Um, you know, Friday we saw the first run scored on Cody Greenhill in what felt like a month. Yeah, you know, he went five innings, two runs. Uh, Trace Bright came in after him and and gave up the lead and we we rallied to get to get it tied in the ninth which has to make you feel good scoring four runs in the ninth and then uh, came back and lost it next year. Saturday and Sunday both games are pretty pretty similar story. Uh, Kentucky jumped out to an early lead Auburn fights to bring it back and then just can't quite do enough to to win the game and. There was an interesting comment from Butch yep. after Saturday's game, and I want to use that to jump into our bigger picture story. Uh, he talked about in our six conference games we've been outpitched. He said, quote, we've hit enough to hang into ball games, but we're still looking for that big one with some big hits. I think we've scored enough to win a few games. We've just got so much more work to do.
0: Uh, I mean, I think, and- I, I think that's right. It's hard to argue with that. I mean, if Auburn's pitching staff is healthy and it pitches, especially from the starting perspective – and it pitches like we thought they would have been able to. I mean, you score six on Friday in the first game on Saturday. Like a lot of Butch Thompson teams, that's enough to win.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's something. So, like on the season, I mean, Cody Greenhill two and o one seven one ERA. That is good enough to have won some of his past starts. Mason Barnett five uh, five appearances, four starts, two and one two eighteen ERA. That is good enough. Yeah, but. Trace Bright has struggled. And then coming out of the bullpen, we have a. There's kind of a clear here are the guys we can trust and here are the guys we can't. And the problem is, there's right now, there's too many guys that we can't trust uh, coming out of the bullpen. You know, we've well, got a couple guys that are our go tos.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, the guys that you thought, and really, the guys that should be go tos, you know, in the sixth inning or whatever is. is Trey Bright's starting right now due to injury. And it's like, he yeah. he should be one of your main middle relief guys. And he's having to start because mm-hmm. Auburn's so injured. And so it's like, Butch is having to put guys in that aren't ready yet. But it's the best option, you know? Yeah, I mean,
2: he's, he's, he's plugging and playing here. Mason Barnett was, there was talk about him closing this season. Right. And he's our Saturday guy, yeah. you know? And so... We feel pretty good about a lot of these guys. Not a lot of these guys. Some of these guys coming out of the pen. Carson Skipper, five appearances, and the next time somebody scores a run on him, it'll be the first time somebody scores a run on him.
0: Interesting. Uh, I didn't realize he know, was having that good I'll, of
2: season. Carson Skipper has not given up a run. Blake Burkhalter, two earned runs in 10 and two-thirds innings. Carson Thrilling, two earned runs in 11 innings. Hayden Mullins, one earned run in 11 innings. We got a couple guys that we can trust, but what we keep seeing, and if you go back, you know, we got better about it this week than we did last week. But like, if you go back and look at it, we have our pitchers leaving the game, our starting pitchers leaving the game so early, and we throw so many bullpen arms that we have to get down into those guys with the higher ERAs um, that it had a slip up or two or three in some cases. And we just we haven't had the depth of the starting pitchers to to allow us to be comfortable with who we're
0: throwing out of the bullpen. So. Talk me off the ledge here if you think you should. If, if you don't, then certainly don't. But I think it's okay for Auburn fans to
2: panic right now. Do you agree? I agree. I think it's okay to panic right yeah. now. I, I want to give you a reason for concern, and I want to give you a reason to be hopeful. Okay. Okay. Well, so uh, let me just guess. The, the, Auburn-
0: the, the hopeful side of it is going to be guys are coming back, right? it's going to be guys
2: coming back and getting into shape, you know? So just looking at, and I'll do the, I'll do the negative thing first. The negative thing is, did you watch this weekend's baseball? Did you watch what happened? I mean, that's, that's the negative. We scored six runs in game one. We scored six runs in game two. And you know, you know and then we lost all three games. I mean, that's the negative. Let's see. The, we're, we're, the, hit, the bats are performing fine, but reason to be hopeful Okay, Jack Owens made two appearances on the year. His first one was Dreadful against Ole Miss, five earned runs. He threw two innings this weekend, one earned run, three hits, no walks. I think Jack Owens is close to being able to come back and give us meaningful innings. Okay. Okay. Brooks Fuller, eight appearances, and when you look at the stats, you're going to tell me I'm crazy because his ERA is 8.25. Okay. okay. But the last three appearances, five innings, five strikeouts, no earned runs. So, Brooks Fuller turning up. Seb Thomas, he's 4.5 ERA. He's had one bad outing in Boston College. You take that away, he's allowed one run in, I think it's eight and a third inning. Joseph Gonzalez, one bad outing, unfortunately, this weekend against Kentucky. But other than that, Gonzalez, as a freshman, has been, has, has been good for us. Okay, um, well, Richard Fitz, even Richard Fitz's last appearance wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. the issue though nope.
0: <laughs> is Thursday you go to Fayetteville and you face maybe the best team in college baseball like you could certainly make the argument I mean they are just dominating people and other than their mm-hmm. I think it was their first game right against Alabama and conference play yeah so they lost 16 to 1 in their SEC opener against Alabama and then since then, they went 9-1, 3-1. They had a two-game series with Memphis where they won 14-1, to 9-4. to And then at Mississippi State, and by the way, it's tough to win in Starkville. I think we can all agree on that. I hate Starkville, but they can play some baseball. 8-2, then they win 11-5, and then they win 6-4. and They're going to hit the mess out of us,
2: man. Yeah, and then you know what happens when we get back from Arkansas is we have a brief Tuesday game against Kennesaw State and then we have to host Mississippi State. God, man. So that's another reason to panic is this is the hardest part. Like right now, we are in the hardest part of our conference lineup. We just finished with Ole Miss. We we got swept in the winnable series against Kentucky. Now we have to go to Arkansas and then host Mississippi State.
0: That's just so tough. That's a reason to panic. That's so hard. I,
2: it is. It is so tough. Now, you know, to close the season, we're gonna have LSU, Texas A&M, and Missouri, and I'm not saying that's winnable either, or that's easy. But two of those three are at home. You've got a couple. Sounds like know, LSU always has our, our number in the middle there.
0: Yeah, that's just I I, I don't feel good about it, and I hate it because I really thought this team was going to pop this year, and they still they can get healthy, guys can come back and, and and get into shape and turn the corner. I just I hope I hope I'm wrong. In my gut feeling. I hope my gut feeling is way off on this, but I just don't see it. I just don't see it right now. I
2: I hope your gut feeling is wrong, but I'm pretty sure your gut feeling going to be right. Dang it, Lindsay. Um, Dang it. Pretty much our hopes for this season, we need two or three pitchers to step up and say, all right, I'm going to come in. I'm going to stop. Oh, I'm going to stop the bleeding. Right. And then we need, you know, we need, At least one, if not two pitchers, who can say, Give me the ball to start this game, and I'm going to give us a quality start. I'm going to give us five innings. I'm going to keep it to three runs or less. If we can get more quality starts out of the starting rotation, and really it's just that third guy, whoever's going to be in there after Mason Barnett, because Barnett stumbled this weekend, but for the most part, he's been solid. Right. You know, maybe Owen's that guy next weekend. I don't know. Yeah. But if we can get that and we can get, you know, some more guys who can come in from the bullpen and can clean up an inning because mentally there's, there's nothing to a starting pitcher like getting a jam mm-hmm. and letting a guy come in to relieve you and him shutting it down. It does so much mentally for your pitcher when he knows, hey, even if I mess up, even if I, you know, walk this guy and leave two men on mm-hmm. and bring a pitch in and, and the bullpen comes in for me. They're going to clean it up and I'm not going to have to worry about it. There's something mentally to be said for that. And we haven't had that yet this season. We have the pieces to do it, but we keep having to use those pieces so early in the series that we don't have a chance when it gets later. So that is your hope. If we can have some pitchers step up, one for the, at least one for the rotation and I'd say at least two for the bullpen step up and say, we're going to be the guys who are just going to give you quality innings. We're gonna stop the bleeding. We're gonna give Auburn a fighting chance. The bats are doing enough to get us back into this season. But I gotta be honest, if, even if those pitchers step up, it's gonna look bad for the next two weeks. Right. So we got Arkansas, we got Mississippi State. And I just I'm not at the point where I'm calling it on the season, but I feel like I'm a little close.
0: Lindsey Crosby, thank you for your time as always. Where can people find you and hear you, my friend? At Auburn Banker on the socials and in the Discord. And of course you can hear him every morning with me on Auburn Opelaga this morning. On News Talk, W-A-N-I. That does it for today's edition of the show. We will be back tomorrow right here on Locked On Auburn.
1: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.